You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. Your ultimate source about the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. Kristen Hetzel Go and Jay Bratton are your guides on this culinary adventure. We'll prepare and serve with flair a culinary cabaret. Join them as they discuss the latest food news, expert tips, recommendations, and trip planning advice related to Disney food and dining. From quick service to fine dining, you will discover all the best restaurants and food as they hungrily explore the Disney parks. It brings folks together from all walks of life. The Dining at Disney podcast. And now, your host... Kristen Hetzel Go and Jay Bratton. Welcome to another episode of Dining at Disney. I'm Kristen. With me is Jay, and we are your ultimate source for all things Disney World and Disneyland food and dining. So we've got a lot of news that has come out. Some of it pertains to some of the things you may have heard at Disney's D23 Expo that took place uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, So some of it has to do with those announcements that you may have heard taking place at the parks and resorts. Um, And one thing we're going to talk about today, which has actually been a question that we received from a reader, and he wanted to know the best places to load up on carbs prior to running a run Disney race. So we're going to be talking about that as well. And as always, end with our dessert, which is our food tips for the week. So let's go ahead and get started into this. And Jay, what do you have as far as Disneyland news? Well, um, actually not too much uh, since we were, uh, you know, uh, attending the D23 convention. And I think a lot of the Disneyland people were, were preoccupied with that as well. So uh, not much on the on the uh, dining news front. However, uh, one thing I did do uh, a few days before the D23 Expo was go to the Tahitian Terrace Luau. And uh, well, excuse me, the Diamond Luau, <laughs> you know, got to use that diamond in there because it, it was that special event. Um Anyhow, I I had a good time. It was uh, it was fun. Uh, you can read my entire dining review on the Dining at Disney website. Uh, I actually there's two articles I wrote. One for the Dining at Disney website, which I just covered the food exclusively, and then the other one was uh, about my entire experience, which you can find on the DizGeek.com uh, website. <clears throat> and then. Um, Anyhow, just kind of in a nutshell, uh, the food was good. Uh, I actually liked the food at the Mahalloween last year a little bit better. Uh, this one, they were supposed to pay homage to uh, the, the old Tahitian Terrace restaurant that was located by the Tiki Room uh, back in the, you know, up until, you know, the 1980s, but uh, excuse me, until 1993. Uh, but uh, the thing is, is that they... Uh, I kind of, I think they played a little fast and loose with that term, you know, paying homage to it because, uh, you know, the options weren't all that great. Uh, the, the quality was still pretty good. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, barbecue pork sliders and uh, um, the meatballs were pretty decent as well. Um, and I, I normally I don't like sweets, but, you know, I, I did like the the little mini cupcakes that they had. It was like a pineapple, what was it, uh, toffee pineapple, I believe it was, and uh, and with coconut. And that was that was uh, that was pretty good. In fact, I, I snuck a couple home to my my wife. You know, so you know, I just kind of stuck them in my uh, my little goodie bag and and uh, just kind of. <laughs> you know just whistled away <laughs> but um i did get uh, for the people who are watching this on video i did get the tahitian terrace mugs oh here's the recipe card which is cool um it gives you the original tahitian terrace punch uh which is uh, interesting I, I i didn't you know i didn't remember as a kid that you know that grape juice flavor but as soon as i tasted it before i even saw the recipe card i was like there's grape juice in this you know oh. and, uh, yeah so that's pretty cool you know um and it was interesting about this recipe card is that there's actually two versions they have the original like you know when you're making like an entire um, you know few like multiple gallons or whatever for for a big party or something like that and then they have uh, one that you can make uh, for individual servings so that's kind of nice and um yeah so there's uh you know grape juice pineapple juice grenadine lemon juice uh sugar and also another interesting thing they put tang in there and i thought that was kind of unique i i didn't realize that they used uh, that tang uh drink mix you know remember Do they that still make tang? 
Oh yeah, they do definitely. Yeah, I remember that as a kid. They had that whole uh, big deal because it was uh, the the astronauts used it and stuff. <laughs> so, and uh, they did uh, provide the uh, little mugs here, which are awesome. I love these mugs. And the other great thing is that I got them signed by the uh, by the artist, and his name is Marcus Gonzalez, and uh, he's a really cool guy. I actually saw him at the Mahalloween event uh, when they had that last October, and uh, I remember him distinctly because we were we were talking about the Tahitian Terrace restaurant. And I said, "Dude, you guys got to bring that back." And he's like, "Oh well, we're you know we're working on some events over the summer and stuff. I think you'll be you'll be pleased." I remember him telling me that, and then I saw him this time around. I so you remember me, dude? He's like, oh, yeah, I remember we talked about the Tahitian Terrace restaurant because he used to work there. And uh, anyways, he, he's a really cool guy. So, uh, yeah, that, that was uh, that was fun. And uh, anyhow, uh, you can read the entire recap again on the dining at Disney.com website. Then uh, the other thing that's going on, which you actually wrote a little article about, and then I followed up with a, with a dining review, is the fact that Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue will be closing not not right away, but it will be closing. <laughs> so yeah, don't don't like don't don't panic, people. It's it's all good. It's it now the some you only have, have to panic if you don't live there and you don't get to go back. That's true. That's very true. You, you I know, was glad that that I ended up eating there because I almost was like, hey, I've been there before. Let's not. But I was like, oh, it's really good. And I was yeah. on hadn't been, so we went ahead and dined there. And then of course, you know, a couple of days later, it's announced. Oh, we're closed. I was like, okay, well, at least I got to eat there one last time. Yeah, it's sort of one of those, you know, good news and bad news situations. I mean, the good news is that they're bringing in Star Wars land. Uh, the bad news is that they had to sacrifice some space. And unfortunately, Big Thunder Ranch area is going on the chopping block. Uh, I, you know, there'd been many people who speculated that Toontown would be removed. And I, to be honest, I'd rather Toontown be removed than Big Thunder Ranch because I just, well, of course, I don't have kids, so I mean, it's easy for me to say that, right? But um, it just seems to me like Toontown is never super busy, and like the restaurants over there are, are they're geared towards little kids, you know. So mm-hmm. you got the hot dogs and the hamburgers and the you know cheese pizza slices and stuff like that. So you know, I I rarely ever go to Toontown personally, um, and my wife as well, obviously, uh, but. Um, I'm not sure if that was the wisest decision to to take out Big Thunder Ranch, in my opinion. But you know, the the I'm sure that they weighed the pros and cons and and said, you know, I we we got to remove something, and that was probably their you know their best best deduction, I guess, is you know, given the the um, you know family orientation of Toontown versus Big Thunder Ranch, because you know Big Thunder Ranch is nice and it's quaint and it's great I, for me for adults and and everything, and and you know they do have the little petting zoo and stuff, but you know, really, it's it's not heavily populated. Uh, a lot of people kind of go there as sort of the roundabout way to get to Fantasyland. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. And you just have to enjoy Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue Restaurant uh, for as long as you can. I, and also just to kind of uh, just uh, backing up to what I, at the beginning of my statement, actually, um, there's been some speculation on when, when they're actually closing the restaurant. I, I'm hearing multiple dates. So it's all in the rumor mill uh, because I'd read that they're not going to break ground for Star Wars land until 2017. So, but people are saying, well, no, they're going to close Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue Restaurant in January 2016. But that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because, I mean, why would you, you know, because that, that's a moneymaker for them. So why would you close it down early, you know, if you're not going to actually break ground for another year? You know what I mean? Maybe they are going to break ground earlier. Or maybe there's some something that has to be done with that area mm-hmm. prior to that. But yeah, I've everywhere I've heard it was... Um, January 11th is when it was closing. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, I I guess uh, I have to go there during the holiday times for one one last uh, rodeo, so to speak. <laughs> I was hoping they were going to announce you guys would get Marvel because we can't have that out here. And instead, it's like, yay, Shanghai. Yeah, I'm going to go there all the time. Right. It'd be nice if we could have some Marvel stuff here. 
right where people are buying it that i felt like that was that was a big miss that they could have done out there skip star wars and put marvel in there and that would right. then also bring people from the east coast to go to disney world out there for that as well yeah exactly people, I, I, that's one yeah. of the things people are like well disneyland is this pretty much the same as what we have there's nothing different and the only you know difference out there is if we go over to dca and we can do cars land in um paradise pier so I don't know. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I think that it has has mostly to do with uh, budget issues. Because if you're going to build basically mirror images uh, on both coasts, then you can build two of everything, so you're saving money. Whereas if you're doing a one-off project, you know, with with like a Marvel Land or whatever, then that will be, you know, you're going to be putting a lot of um, uh, resources on the line, you know, in, in terms of you know the the uh, materials and also the labor, uh, because you know there's only so many Imagineers, and you know I'm sure that they want to keep their labor costs low. So I mean, if they have one Imagineer designing, you know, for you know the Millennium Falcon, uh, for example, then he just designs it for both parks. You know, he doesn't have to worry about like you know doing a, a second set of prints for uh, let's say Tony Stark's tower or something. I, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just kind of throwing a, a well. I mean. You could use interventions as you know the Avengers Tower because no, nope, right. what's in interventions now? Not a whole lot. I mean, that's kind of like here you can check out Iron Man suits and get your picture with Thor. So, or at least that's what was going on until I was there, and then I saw that they're, they're doing that outside now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So. I don't know. I think I think it's cheap considering they're going to go through all that stuff and do Marvel out in shanghai why not do marvel here as well right why not make there a little bit more difference between the parks i mean walt did not want anything in walt disney world that was in disneyland i mean we have stuff but what was gone and so somebody could say yeah let's put pirates here right so well we'll see i mean you know it'll be interesting how this develops and i i'm kind of looking forward to the star wars land uh you know the the restaurants that they're going to incorporate uh and or because i guess one of the the projects that they brought up was the cantina right so i'm just wondering like what what is that because there's no alcohol at disneyland park so are they either going to make an exception for that you know, restaurant or that place establishment or whatever, uh, like they do with the uh, Beauty and the Beast. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the one at Disney World. The, in, yeah, uh, they serve the wine. Be our guest. Uh, the be only thing is, yeah. is if they did do that, they would have to find a way to make it high end because that is the one thing is you can't get Budweiser, uh, Miller, Coors, anything like that. It is French beers and Belgian beers. There's only like three options and higher end wine, so it's not. It's set in a way that it's intended to complement the food and make it where people aren't thinking, oh, let's go in there, drink, and that be our big plan. It's wine and beer to pair with the food more so than anywhere else. That's true. But, you know, I, I you know, I've, we've, I discussed this before, uh, you know, on the Disney podcast, like several years ago about, you know, at the time that they did be our guest restaurant and like, you know, should they do something similar at Disneyland? And, you know, I'm all for it, to be honest. I mean, at first I was like, you know, I, you know, Walt didn't want alcohol in the park, but you know, what's the difference? I mean, the, it's already a DCA, it's already a Disney world, you know, at, at all the parks, except, you know, magic kingdom and, and even magic kingdom now has an exception. And, you know, I mean, then also Club 33, you can get alcohol. So it's like, eh, you know, I mean, there's already alcohol there. Just 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 make it available. And they do Disneyland in uh, Paris, right? I mean, they, they have beer there as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think it would go over well in France if you did not have alcohol in the park. I mean, right. this is this is a culture that your ki- the kids drink. You know, you start your kids off with a little bit of alcohol and build up from there so that they learn to be responsible and you know have an appreciation for alcohol it's not hey i'm 21 let's go out and get drunk it's a very different kind of culture for that i mean when i was in italy the people when their kids are like five they put like a third of it is wine and the rest of it's water and Mm. that way the kids learn like you drink with your meal and and all of that stuff or just a little bit different than that yeah 
So that's pretty much it. I, I did, uh, again, um, as going back to the Big Thunder Ranch barbecue restaurant, I did write up a dining review. I, I went there during uh, the 4th of July, uh, around the 4th of July. So the pictures <laughs> look a little bit dated, uh, but, you know, it's still contemporary. It was only a month and a half ago. So you can uh, check it out and, and uh, you know, enjoy. And let's see, is that's your last news story, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So I'm going to go back to where we were discussing Star Wars because, you know, at, at D23, I did go to the parks panel, and one of the things that they showed was uh, a galactic grill. Hmm. And they had an, uh, a concept for that, which looks like it'd be perfect like where you guys have Tomorrowland Terrace. It's got that kind of font for the Galactic Grill and then mm. of course the the signs. So you could tell it's from this drawing it's going to be a quick service place. And then let's see what else I have. I broke down all these crazy notes. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to take pictures with one hand and write with the other. So it's not you know really <laughs> clear. So is that um, uh, is it like a I box top or something or what? <laughs> or oh what, no, like it's, like <laughs> it's it's Groot. Oh, oh, it's the Groot hat. <laughs> you wrote inside yeah. Groot hat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I had it in my bag and I was like, I don't have paper. Or I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have paper. And what was funny is I had gone into the press room earlier and grabbed a notepad. And this was the day before and didn't have a pen. Ah. And I was just like, had a peg the next day, but didn't have the paper. <laughs> I was like, clearly I am not like with it at the moment, you know? Um, oh, I know the other thing I was going to talk about. Um, I found the words on there. It's uh, talking about Avatar as well. That being another uh, new thing that's coming in. And they were saying that the focus with the food is going to be has a lot to do with avatars is special food and new tastes and flavors um, and things that are supposed to be native to the to like their land. So I'm not quite sure what that entails. And when I was talking to the Imagineers, I didn't get an answer other than it's going to be new tastes. Hmm. Like that doesn't, you know, I'm like, that's what they right. say, you know, in the video and all of that stuff and talked about in the panel. So I'm like, uh, I don't know what they're thinking they're going to do with that, but it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of foods they come up with for, um, Pandora, as well as Star Wars, when those are complete. Yeah, I, you know, I watched. It, it's been a long time since I saw the Avatar movie, and I don't remember them eating anything in particular that sort of like, you know, what I mean, like it wasn't like, oh, that's a exotic looking fruit or something, you know, or whatever. It's like I, I, but I, from what I remember, I don't think that they eat meat. So maybe that's maybe they're going vegetarian. I, I don't know. I mean, I'd be kind of, I don't know. I'd be interesting. <laughs> I mean, I. I, you know, I actually, vegetarians are very innovative in in the way vegetarians and vegans are very innovative in the, in the way that they do meal preparation. And like one of the things I'd like, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but I like tempeh bacon. It's a, you know, they take um, the tempeh, you know, it's like, a, it's almost like a tofu or whatever. And then they slice it thin and then they marinate it in like these, uh, like a soy sauce mixture, soy sauce and brown sugar and all that stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, you slice it thin and then you cook it or bake it, uh, either pan fry or bake it and uh and then when you eat it it's like crispy like bacon it's like oh that's good <laughs> i like it see i <laughs> just i cannot get I, I i'm i just don't like things that are supposed to taste like something they're not okay so it's like to me it's weird like cashew cheese and <laughs> using tofu to make it taste like which flavors to make it taste like beef i'm like that's just so strange to me. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want anything to do. <laughs> well, I guess I want, my, I want bacon to taste like bacon. Yeah. And I want, you know, I want whatever it is to taste like it. Because if you like the taste of it, really, why are you not eating it? <laughs> unless well, unless it, it's yeah. for dietary reasons right. that you, you like, you have a medical condition and you're allergic to this. And so you need to make it taste like something else. But oh, yeah. to just go, I'm yeah. not going to eat meat. But then you like the taste of meat is so strange to me i can't, I can't yeah. get that 
But, you know, that's the thing. I guess maybe out in California, we have a lot more uh, vegetarian restaurants and vegan restaurants, and they're kind of pushing the boundaries of these dishes. And uh, I know in Pasadena, uh, near where I live, uh, they have this place called Real Food Daily. And uh, you look at their menu, it's just like, wow, I mean, this, you know, the the person who started, it's uh, actually kind of, I think that's a chain of like four restaurants. And, you know, like they're award winning and, you know, they do all these innovative things with like not shows and, and uh, burgers you know with beans black beans and stuff like that it's it's a it's really interesting and you know some of it's uh, not so great but you know some of it's good I mean it really is and I actually eat there by choice I don't, I don't like go there because I have you know some kind of you know, dietary need or restriction or whatever, because I'll eat pretty much anything. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm omnivore all the way uh, with carnivorous tendencies. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but yeah, I'm, but I'm definitely open to uh, trying new things. Yeah, I, when they did a uh, vegan marketplace booth at, um, for food and wine festival, I had tried it, but I just couldn't. Yeah. I was like, no, it's now it still doesn't taste like chili to me. It, <laughs> and the texture's different. And right, right. There were plenty of people who thought it was real chili because we heard yeah. people go, oh, the best beef chili you can get is at the Terra place back there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> but we do have plenty of, of, you know, vegetarian and vegan restaurants in Nashville as well. Like we've got a place called Wild Cow. And, and I'm just, I don't know. If I'm going to eat vegetables, I'm going to have, you know, a side of vegetables I'm going to have, you know, pasta with vegetables on it or a salad or something like that. I don't want a burger that's supposed to taste like something it's not. That's right. just, it's just the whole concept is strange to me, but it'll be interesting to see what they do do with Pandora. I haven't even seen the movie. Oh, shame on you. It's like one of the highest grossing films of in the history of all films. I <laughs> like, know. I'm... It's actually a really good storyline. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate you should have watched it in 3D because that's when the, the real visual magic happens. I'm not a big fan of 3D. It's very rare that I go and see it because mm-hmm. um, I have to be sitting in the right seat. Okay. If I'm well, sitting this, in the wrong seat, I mind. feel like I'm doing this the whole time and I leave with the headache. Oh, okay. Like I cool. watched Captain America in 3D, but I ended up with a really bad headache by the time uh-huh. it was over. But they say some people can't really see 3D and it's difficult for them. Like, I right. I remember right, Johnny Depp does can't see 3D. Hmm, interesting. Um, Didn't know that. Yeah, some people can't because of the, the whole depth perception thing. But um, I haven't seen it, but I don't do well sitting through long movies. I have said I will watch it before Pandora is finished and I check it out once it's completed. But... I'm just not thrilled with sitting through a movie that long. Hour and a half is pretty much good for me. So, you know, Disney animation, perfect timing. <laughs> After two hours, like Pirates is just a little too long. I get very antsy. So, but that's really all I have when it comes to discussing like the D23 news when it comes to food. Um, okay. So uh, just, sorry, just to recap, did they uh, discuss anything about the Star Wars land as far as any other restaurants? Cause I just heard about the cantina. The cantina and then that grill. That's really the only, okay. yeah, okay. that's really all they had. But it was a lot of just very, just a few shots of different things that they're working on when it comes to concept just concepts, art. right, so, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, oh, one last thing having to do with D23. The Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Cantina. That's another thing that's it's going to be opening in the Magic Kingdom, which it's been rumored that that's a jungle cruise theme restaurant is going in um, for some time now. You can see it's where they used to have a lower aisle. Remember, I told you they had switched things around right at Magic Kingdom and have moved that with another location. And I believe it was to make more room for this this cantina going in. Is um, it canteen or cantina? Maybe it's uh, I, sorry, I was just reading the thing. It says canteen, skipper canteen. That would be it. Okay. I'm just trying to remember it off the top of my head. Ah, no um, Interesting. Skipper Canteen. That's a, that's a unique way of calling the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, but it is supposed to be a jungle-themed restaurant, they said. Um, don't have an exact date of when it's opening. They did say um, that all the rooms are going to be a different kind of theme to it. So one of them is going to be a crew mess hall. The other one is going to be the meeting room for the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. So that's going to be, I think, unique. One room I have also heard is that they're going to be having alcohol 
Hmm. That I haven't seen. There's been no confirmation on, but that's one rumor that had been going along with the addition of this being built. So uh, there, then there goes the whole debate about you know, well, if they're going to do it for high end, what what could be high end themed for the Jungle Cruise? <laughs> you know, I think what may be the reason it has been rumored that that could occur is because of um, oh, what was the name of that bar? There was a bar in Pleasure Island. I'm drawing a blank on it, but it was jungle themed. And there was a lot of like antics that went on in the place. And um, the drink was the Kungaloosh. I don't know why I can't think of the name of the of the bar, but everybody's kind of has been thinking it's going to be along the lines of that and replace. Oh, the Adventurers Club. Okay. The Adventurers Club. Uh, people are thinking it's going to be along the lines of that. So, of course, you know, Disney is just given a little bit of information on what that's going to be, but... I'm ready for it to open. I'm ready for all these things they talked about to be done. <laughs> so that's, um, let's see, I have two other news stories. One of them is that Happy Hello Wishes premium dessert package is going to be available at, um, at Disney World for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. In the past, they had Villain Sinister Soiree. They are not bringing that back this year. Instead, they've added this new thing. And it's going to take place uh, the center flagpole area of uh, Town Square, which is right as you enter Magic Kingdom. And you'll have prime viewing area for Mickey's Booty You Halloween Parade. After that, you'll be directed over to Tomorrowland Terrace, which is going to be decked out with all kinds of Halloween decorations. And you'll have a view of... Uh, the Happy Hollow Wishes nighttime fireworks from there, as well as tons of Halloween-themed food. Some of them are going to include ghost meringues, candy corn panna cotta, peanut butter chocolate pretzel with witch fingers, spiced pumpkin cheesecake brownies, peanut butter spider whoopie pies. There's going to be some hot chocolate, lemonade, and uh, other Halloween specialties. And you'll receive a skull mug filled with candy to take home as your souvenir. And that cool. is, let's see, $69 for guests 12 and up and 39 for guests ages 3 to 11. But that includes the admission to the event, though, the hard ticket event. Though, no, right? that's in addition to the cost Ooh, of the event. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the event is about the same price. It's 60-something. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's that's a pretty steep price. I don't know. Well, they because had they, the uh, Sinister soiree, soiree cost even more than that last year. Hmm. I think it was 99. Yeah, well, all you Disney World people have all kinds of money, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Most Disney World people only go every now and then, whereas you guys have a park where people are going all the time. So you get cool pass holder events that we don't get. Um, Mickey, uh, for Christmas, they've got a Minnie's Holiday Dine that's going to be taking place at Hollywood and Vine starting November 7th, and it'll run through January 3rd. And you'll meet up with Minnie. She'll be there, you know, hosting the party. And Donald Duck, Daisy Duck, and Santa Goofy will be there as well. And it's going to be a just taking place at dinner time. So with all the traditional type of holiday foods, it's going to be let me, $46.99 for guests 10 and up and $27.99 for kids ages 3 to 6 plus tax and gratuity. And you can do um, the Fantasmic dinner package with this. It's going to cost a little bit more, $52.99, and then $31.99 for kids uh, 3 to 9. Do you guys, uh, sorry, do you have, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think, the uh, like on, on the holidays, let's say uh, Christmas Day and Thanksgiving Day, do you have a, a buffet or a brunch, a special brunch over there? Like on the each day? of the, the different restaurants can have a special menu. It just okay. depends on each of the locations. Cool. So yeah, they do something at the Disneyland Hotel every year. And so I'm just, you know, I've never been to it because, uh, you know, I I mean, I love Disneyland, but, you know, I, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll set aside that day for it. But honestly, I, I'd rather be with my family than, than be at Disneyland. So, um, but, you know, from what I heard, it's it's like super high end, like crab legs and everything. So I'm just like, nice. mm, that sounds good. But, you know, of course, it's expensive. And number one, number two, it, you're, you're basically, you know, spending the day with strangers instead of uh, people you you love so 
And I'm sure it's probably a little bit different vibe out that way than it is at Disney World, where pretty much anybody who's there is going to be from out of town. True. You know, people that are like, hey, we're spending two weeks here instead of back in jolly old England or something like that. I don't know that I would want to go at Chris, like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day because I would imagine the park crowds to be crazy. Oh, yeah, it is. It's one of the busiest days of the year. Uh, well, January 1st, you know, Halloween Day, you know, any of the special holidays. The only day, uh, I guess, a holiday, if you will, uh, that uh, the park isn't too busy is uh, January 1st, <laughs> the New Year's Day. Uh, other than that, it's, I mean, New Year's Eve, it's busy. It's just New Year's Day, though, it's not. And seeing New Year's Day is one of the busiest days at Walt Disney World. Interesting. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and like July 4th. Those are like the really busy days. But a lot of people, what they do is they'll be there for Christmas and New Year's rather than like one or the other. They're often people choose to be there for both holidays. Right. I just have heard that New Year's Day is worse than July 4th, which I've been there on July 4th and it was crazy busy, but... Not on, not on New Year's Day. I don't plan on visiting at that time. I really don't want to go to the park when, it, you know, an hour after opening, they have to tell, turn guests away because the park's full. That's just too many people for me. Well, that is all I have when it comes to news. So, Jay, are you ready for our main dish talking about places for guests to load up on their carbs? Yep, I'm done. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Well, I was just going to say, you know, the first, uh, the first option, uh, for the people who are wanting to spend some money, like real money, uh, is the, to go to the, uh, pasta in the park party. Uh, it's on the Disneyland half marathon or, you know, the run Disney website. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. The run Disney, uh, they talk about the, the Disneyland half marathon. Anyways, it's going to be on Saturday, September 5th, and it's from six to seven 30. Uh, it is expensive though that's the thing um it's going to be 135 dollars for adults uh, which uh, this is with the theme park ticket so okay bear that in mind now if you're if you're an ap holder uh it's 89 dollars for adults and then 69 for children and then if you need a ticket then uh it's 135 for adults and then 115 for kids and that's ages three to nine but what I found interesting is that they're holding this in the Big Thunder Ranch Jamboree area, which we just talked about the Big Thunder Ranch barbecue. Uh, and so this is in, in close proximity to the to the restaurant, uh, but it's in that little backstage area. You, you, you're familiar with the Jamboree area, correct? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's in that little backstage area, which is pretty cool. Now, I was like, man, that's kind of expensive, right? But here's the thing that, that I guess is the reason why it's so expensive. Number one, it, it is an all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, with dinner and dessert. Um, there's going to be music and entertainment. Uh, there's going to be character appearances throughout the, the evening. And then, um, you know, with when you get the ticket, then you obviously get admission to the park as well. Uh, but the what I found uh, particularly interesting that is that they're going to ca- have a cash bar there. So I was like, hmm, I thought, well, let's see. There's no alcohol, but you're having a cash bar. Okay. <laughs> wow. So, uh, you know, I, and, and for for a quote-unquote healthy event, right? I mean, a run Disney marathon. I mean, you know, who's going to get tanked, you know, at, at a <laughs> pasta dinner, you know, the night before a run? But uh, apparently they are serving alcohol, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> wow. But uh, alternatively, uh, you know, if you if you don't want to spend that kind of money and you're you're not uh, inclined to you know drink some booze in, inside Disneyland, which that's a special event in it in it of itself. Um, I, you know, there's two places. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just say one place and then I don't know if you want to go into your places as well, or should I just name both? Oh, you can name, uh, you can go into whatever you want. So okay. go for well, it. I, I was just thinking like two options, uh, essentially. One is, is more healthy than the other. Uh, the, the first option I would say is Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe. Uh, if you've, you know, for the people who've had the sandwiches there, you know, the sandwiches are good. Uh, the bread is good. Um, you know, it's in, in fact of all you know the counter service restaurants around disneyland i think that the bread quality here is superior to the others so it's you know you're getting good bread and it's some of their some of their uh, sandwiches are are healthier options than some of the other 
pasta dishes and things like that. Uh, and then also, you know, if you want to get like another, you know, double carb treat or whatever, they always have uh, muffins and, and uh, cupcakes and, and other pastries as well. So you can uh, partake of all the carbs you want in, in one location and it's all good quality food. Now, if you want to just go straight to the pasta and just like, you know, let's let's do this. I need to get, you know, the, the pasta fix on and stuff like that. Then the only other option in Disneyland Park uh, for that would be Red Rockets Pizza Port. And you can get uh, the, I mean, they have, a, you know, the majority of their, their menu items are pasta related. They do have some pizzas as well. Um, but, you know, they have like a fusilli, uh, they have uh, spaghetti and meatballs, penne pasta. So, you know, I mean, there's some options when it comes to pasta. And as far as the pizza is concerned, you know, they got the main, you know, the pepperoni, of course, and, you know, some mixed in, uh, mixed uh, pizzas as well. And, and then the cheese pizza for the people who just don't want meat. And then uh, they do have some healthy options as well. Uh, the uh, They do, from what I've heard, I haven't had this, but from what I heard, the Asian chicken salad is really good. So that's an option. It's a healthier option. There's no carbs, but you know, if, if you want a little salad with your pizza or, you know, with your pasta, then there you go. You got, got that uh, available there at uh, Red Rockets Pizza Port. And then uh, in DCA, uh, there's the uh, Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta, of course, and they have a, a selection there. And that's pretty, that's actually pretty fast. You know, um, it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, I've had the, I've had the pizza there and um, I think that the quality is better than Red Rocket's Pizza Port. And they also have the, the you know, I don't know. It just seems like the, the dishes are more appealing there than at Red Rocket's, in my opinion. And they also, I'm not sure if they carry, at one point they had a dessert pizza, and I'm not sure if they're carrying that anymore. I haven't been there for a while, but if they have that available, I definitely recommend getting that. It's, it's actually really good. Yeah, and, I didn't even walk in there when I was there last time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, it's it's been a while, and, and you know, it's since it's kind of off to the side and you just, you really kind of have to, you know, make it a point to, to go there, um, I just, you know, pretty much bypass it as I'm going to the other areas of the park. Uh, and then the last one, uh, it's uh, as far as a, like a finer dining option would be uh, the Wine Country Trattoria. So that, uh, the, you know, I've eaten there several times. I've had uh, lunch there and I've also had dinner there and it's good. I mean, you know, the, the you know, it's, I would say I'm trying to, it's probably... Uh, maybe just slightly better than an Olive Garden. You know, I, you know, Olive Garden's not bad. It's just, you know, it's just kind of like the Denny's of Italian food, you know, so uh, <laughs> that's the, my my equation to it. Uh, so I'm thinking that, you know, Wine Country Trattoria is just kind of like about a step above. And uh, you can also do the World of Color dining package there as well. So, I mean, if you're you're there at the parks and you're going to be running the next day, then, you know, might as well enjoy yourself in the evening and watch World of Color, right? So there you go. Well, then they can go by the bakery and pick up sourdough wool. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so you do that for lunch. So then you have like either soup or the salad in the bowl. And then for dinner, you do pasta somewhere and then you'll be like super carved up. True. Very true. Let's see. The next, your next race that you guys have is that first Actually, it's what two weeks from now, right? Yeah, it's uh, actually next weekend, not this weekend, um, not the. Uh, it's the first weekend in uh, September, so whenever this podcast comes out or whatever, it's probably going to be the week following. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. pretty soon here, September third through September. Let's see, September through third through the fifth, I think. Yeah, no, no, yeah, sixth, September third through the sixth. There you go. Yeah, and see, the next one in Disney World is going to be the Wine and Dine Half Marathon. And that's the four, first weekend of November, so the 6th and the 7th. And see, for that one, they don't do the pasta party. They do it for the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. That's at the beginning of January. They do that same pasta event. And then for the Princess Half, they do the pasta. And it's hmm. over at Epcot. So see, then they don't have to worry about the whole alcohol thing but the buffet um takes place from 7 to 8 30 you've got a nine o'clock then showing of illuminations um and they they'll allow you into um in early you can get into epcot at six o'clock before doing the buffet okay and again it's got entertainment music the meet and greet from the characters so it's very similar to you know if you're looking for pasta to the same thing you guys do over there but other than that, let's see. See, I've got a lot of places to think of. You have in Magic Kingdom, there's Tony's Town Square, which 
is probably the one place I wouldn't recommend if you're looking for pasta because there's so many other restaurants that have better Italian food. Like over at Epcot, there is um, Via Napoli and Tutu Italia. And both of those have excellent pasta dishes, pizza, um, different things like that that you could do over at Hollywood Studios. There's Mama Melrose and that's probably the second from the bottom in my opinion when it comes to Italian restaurants. Um, better than Tony's, but not as good as the other locations. Like one of my favorites is um, Trattoria Al Forno, which opened up in Disney's Boardwalk at the end last December. So they have really, really good food. Um, Pasta is perfectly cooked. A friend of mine who is Italian, actually Tony Castelnova, he he grew up with his parents running Italian restaurants up in New Jersey. And so he he knows good Italian food. And, and Tony is like us. He's a big foodie. Yeah. And that's one of his places that he's been to numerous times since that opened, as well as Ravello's. And that's in Four Seasons Orlando, which is still on Disney property. It's not run and operated by Disney. It's in Golden Oaks is not too far from Magic Kingdom, but that area you have to show a driver's license and that kind of stuff. They need to know where you're going because there's private residences in there. But that place is phenomenal. The guy who uh, is the chef there is from Italy and the dishes are dishes that have been in his family for a long, long time. So he even has his own house made limoncello. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. It's the best limoncello ever. <laughs> it's even better <laughs> than the limoncello I had when I was in Italy, which was house made. This wow. is slightly, the, the crema is slightly better, I would say. It's just really, it's really worth getting. Um, where else would I go? There's an Italian restaurant also in Swan and Swan and Dolphin. It's on the Swan side. It's called Il Molino. And I know there's more of them. And like Nashville has one that it opened up earlier this year. I don't know if you guys have any of them there, but there's a another one I believe in New York. Uh, they have good good Italian food. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think there's many of them, but. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good Italian food. Little, it's more upscale than you know your run-of-the-mill restaurant in a theme park. Same with the uh, Alforno over at Boardwalk. It's the same kind of way. But my recommendation would be to do some kind of dish for lunch. You know that has a high. You do a sandwich that has a lot of bread. Like over at Hollywood Studios, they have a focaccia is what the sandwich is served on. So you've got, I guess, maybe inch and a half of bread on top, and then maybe about half an inch to an inch of bread on the bottom, filled with tons of meat and cheese. So you're getting your protein with a lot of carbs, because it's a it's a good size sandwich. And then for dinner, doing something like a pasta that you can really load up on. And, you know, buffets are also good, but it's not going to be as good as the pasta you're going to find at a sit-down restaurant where they're bringing it to you. Because I think you end up with pasta that's been sitting out for a little bit. And it, I don't think people go through pasta as fast at a buffet as they do the like meats and vegetables, things like that. Because normally it's the kids that only want to eat the pasta. Right. <laughs> so that's that's my recommendation or some of those places to get a lot of carbs. Do do a, a big sandwich at lunch so you, you've got some protein. And then, of course, at dinner, do a big thing of pasta. Oh, and Ravello, one of the nice things about that place, they have several kinds of pasta and they have a full order in a half portion. And so oh, that's good. when we went, when Aljon and I went, we actually did one of the entrees and did three half portions of pasta. So that way you had, you know, a good variety. Oh, risotto is also another thing to do as well to get your Yeah, products. I love risotto. I, I actually prefer risotto over pasta personally, but it has Mine to be risotto cooked the right my- way though. Mine always depends on my on my mood, whether I want pasta or risotto. I like uh, both of them though. Noki's uh, also good. That's true. I, I do like gnocchi, but I, you know, I'm my mother is Korean, so you know, I grew up with rice, and like I always ate rice as a kid, and I, you know, just has always been a staple in my life. And so, uh, you know, when I eat pasta, it's like, oh, it's good, and you know, it's a nice change of pace. I like spaghetti and, and all that stuff. I'm not against pasta. It's just that if I had a choice between risotto or pasta, I go for risotto personally. So yeah, I would imagine Alton grew up, you know, of course being being Filipino, having rice at every meal. And I, I grew up, my parents made Uncle Ben's, you know? So that's what I grew up eating. And I had, when I lived on my own, 
It's just me. And I'm getting home from work at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And so therefore I am not wanting to make like a big meal or take a long time to cook. So I had instant rice. <laughs> and the first time I made a rice dish, he was like, I'm not eating that. It's like, what? He's like, that's not rice. So it's like, yes, oh, no, it is. No. He's like, it tastes funny. I'm not going to eat that. It's the only time in 14 years that he has not wanted something that I made. He was like, it's a weird texture. I don't like it. And that was the last time I ever bought instant rice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Since then, I take the, you know, 15 minutes it takes to make rice on the stove or in a cooker. But So I completely get the whole right, the rice thing. Whereas like my family being both sides of my family being German, my grandparents always had bread. Right. So you had you always have to have bread with the meal. So <laughs> I think it's the same same kind of thing. You know, I think every culture has its own little carb item that they have with their meal. And it's like a staple with every meal. To my grandfather, it was not a meal if it did not have a roll. Has to have a roll. Has to have bread. So, well, that's all I can think of really when it comes to places to, to carb up. I, I actually have one additional one because I just totally skipped my mind because I was just thinking in the parks only. But in downtown Disney, they also have the uh, Napolini Restaurante. And uh, what's the, um, the little mm-hmm. one on the side there? The, that's Napolini. The that's big, Napolini. The one is Naples. Naples. There you go. Naples Restaurante and then the Cafe Napolini. And both of those offer uh, pizza and pasta as well. I, I must admit, and I'm ashamed to say this, but I have never eaten at either of those places uh, I just I don't know what what it is I just not I, I when I choose to eat there I'm I just have never been in the mood for Italian food so that's the reason why I haven't tried it and it's shame on me but one of these days I'll I'll, I'll eat there for sure try try the pizza okay it's very authentic to what you get in Italy ah, all there's like what most people uh, they're like oh I'm Italian and you know in Jer- New Jersey this is this is Italian pizza or in New York this is Italian pizza Chicago, they say they have real Italian pizza. No, Italy has real Italian pizza. And it's the kind that you can fold in half. You know, it's a really (laughs) thin crust. You fold in half and you can walk down the street eating it. Toppings aren't going to fall off or anything like that. So definitely you have to try the pizza there because that restaurant is also, because it's Pantina Group, they also run the two in Epcot, um, Via Napoli, as well as Tutto Italia are run by the same company. Okay. And I had the, the pizza at Via Napoli. And then like, I think it was six months later, I was in California and had it at Naples. And I was like, this is exactly the same. Like, oh, okay. Cool. The same food. So That's it's good. worth trying. Yeah, right when you said you thought of something, I knew exactly what you were going to say because it crossed <laughs> my mind when oh, I was yeah. talking about Epcot, where to eat. Okay, so you have a listener question, right, for our dessert section. Yeah, for it's basic Disneyland uh, food tip. Uh, it's from sort of a follow up from our last episode. Uh, last time we, uh, I had mentioned about the gluten free items at the restaurants and uh, where to find it, and some online resources as well. And so uh, Nicole had uh, m- uh, sent me an email, and uh, she had asked, uh, "Do any of your podcasts cover vegan dining options at the Disneyland Resort?" And I responded back. I basically told her that we haven't done an episode uh, with that type of information. But, you know, there are a few ways to check places that offer uh, vegan choices. Uh, for uh, As we discussed with the gluten allergies, uh, one of the ways uh, you can check is to go uh, to City Hall at Disneyland or the Chamber of Commerce at DCA. And you can ask them for a list there. Uh, another one uh, that you can check as well, uh, there's a, a, a blog called vegancowgirl.com. And uh, you can search Disneyland on her blog. And she covers uh, quite extensively the, all the restaurants at Disneyland. It's a, it's a really good article. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know the, the third option uh, to uh, investigate as well is uh, uh, our own website, the diningatdisney.com website. And uh, we have that under the special diet section, uh, which it's labeled vegetarian and, and vegan dining. So uh, that's that's something definitely you, you can uh, look at as well. You know, we should talk about vegetarian and vegan dining. That should yeah. be the main topic for the next show. Sure. There you go. Yeah. because I know it gets to be <laughs> difficult and overwhelming for people because 
you know, it's some restaurants have great menus for it and some don't. Um, so, and I have a, a, a friend of mine is most of the time she eats vegetarian every now and then she'll have a little bit of seafood. Um, but most of the time vegetarian and I was at Disney with her, um, I guess it was a year and a half ago. And we tried to find restaurants that she would really enjoy rather than doing ones where she's kind of stuck eating seafood when she doesn't really want to. So figured that we can discuss that and I can at least give it some tips from, you know, traveling with somebody who has those special diets. It's a great idea. I'm down. And I think, do you have anything else? I think we're pretty much no. done. I didn't know if you had any food tips for Disney World or not. So I'm just piggybacking on your uh, one about there you go the the vegetarian, vegan, that kind of dining because there's a lot of information out there and there great information from people who right. are vegetarian or are vegan, um, and they're great resources to use to ask them where to uh, to dine. And I need to work a little bit more on what we have on the site to help people with that. Um, It's just, again, it takes a while to try and pull that kind of information together. And like I said, I have friends that are vegetarian and vegan. And so I I know it can be difficult. As sort of a bonus tip and supplemental to my uh, Big Thunder Ranch barbecue dining review, uh, one one thing that you can get is their vegetable skewer. It's a vegetarian option, but you can you don't have to be vegetarian. You just ask and request for for that skewer, and they yeah they they'll give it to you. So that's cool. I you know I didn't know that. Have you have you done it? No, I didn't. But I saw someone do it the last time I was there. The when I dined there back in July. So I but I just you know I was so enthralled with the meat i was like i just wanted to eat up all the barbecue ribs and chicken (laughs) you know i just uh, i don't want to you know fill why waste all this valuable real estate in my stomach with with uh grilled vegetables when i can have meat (laughs) (laughs) now see we ordered it okay um and it comes out and it's cooked perfectly because you know sometimes vegetables they either come out cold or they're overcooked these were cooked just right they were still crisp hot they had a little bit of a like a cajun seasoning on it. Mm. It had roasted potatoes, zucchini, onion, red bell pepper, uh, tofu. You can ask them to leave tofu off if you don't like it, and they'll add extra vegetables to it. Cool. But the zucchini was like one of my favorite things. It was just really good. Um, I didn't bother with potatoes. I'm not a big <laughs> potato person. I'm like, I'll eat the other vegetables to try. Because I figure you gotta try everything, right? So if they'll bring it to you, we asked, we got like two skewers. That way some of us could try it and those who were like, I really don't want my veggies. I just want my meat. <laughs> they were happy with the, the meat. So, yeah, but I did try. It's pretty good. Cool. So, all right. I think that's all we have for today. Um, let's see. Jay, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, you can find me at MagicalFoodTour.com, uh, on Twitter at MagicalFoodTour. In fact, all the social media outlet, outlets, you can find me at MagicalFoodTour, Facebook, interest, uh, excuse me, Pinterest, Instagram, all that good stuff. I don't have Periscope yet, but you know, who knows one of these days. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, I, uh, can also be found at the DizGeek.com, uh, well, not on the DizGeek.com website, but the DizGeek podcast, which is at DizGeek.com. You can find Dining at Disney at DiningAtDisney.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Periscope. It's Dining at Disney on those. However, on YouTube, it's The Dining at Disney. And we would like to thank you for downloading and subscribing to our show on iTunes, streaming on Stitcher. And for those of you who are watching it on YouTube, watching it there as well, be sure to like and subscribe to all of our feeds. And don't forget, we love it when you share our stuff with your friends. And those of you who want to support us, you can do so by shopping our affiliate links, which include Garden Grocers, Disney Store, Jelly Belly, and picking up the DiningAtDisney.com guides. And if it's not out when you download this, if you're listening to it via iTunes or Stitcher, it'll probably be tomorrow because it's pretty much done. (laughs) I'm telling you, the one thing is that going out to California and doing D23 put me so far behind on getting that, that book done. But it's almost there. And we are part of the Weebie Geeks Network. So make sure you check out WeebieGeeks.net and give us five-star reviews and ratings when you're subscribing and downloading it on iTunes. Because Jay and I like that. 
Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Kristen. With me is Jay and Bon Appetit.